Hey, everybody, it's Joe Trippi, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. Never a dull week, folks. Major developments in the multiple open cases against Trump. And the Trump-DeSantis feud just went from a simmer to boiling over. And all eyes on Wisconsin for the next 12 or so days. This one ought to be interesting, if not fun. Alex, where should we get started? Joe, how can it not be fun? We got like six different investigations of Trump to talk about. Dominated the news this week. We, we got to get there. And I'm really more interested in, in your take on how you see it all playing out politically. We can you know, recap some of the news. But ultimately, uh, for those who somehow have been living under a rock, Trump was damn sure he'd get arrested this week. He did nothing but talk about it, um, clearly setting it all up. Obviously, the grand juries kind of backed off now, but but definitely, Joe, what the hell? Well, I mean, first of all, if Trump wants it, he's begging for it, essentially. This is all, in the end, going to benefit him politically. He wants to be the martyr. He wants to be arrested. He wants to be handcuffed. He is going to love playing. They're not trying to stop me. They're trying to stop you, my MAGA cult. He'll love playing that card, and we'll play it repeatedly. Uh, and, you know, by the way, you know, his fundraising operation has raised millions this week, attacking, you know, everything from the deep state that's out to get him to the globalists like Soros and uh, et cetera. So, look, this is is going to, to benefit him in a bunch of obvious ways. One, again, he believes that he can turn the indictments and actually turn his political candidacy to stall those indictments out in terms of when they'd ever go to you know, to trial or anything like that. I mean, and even as they go to trial, he will be a candidate and will be using that to basically rally the base around him. This is part of DeSantis's problem. We'll get to this in a, in a bit, but no one's going to arrest DeSantis or indict him on in multiple places. And he's not going to be able to play that card that Trump will have. I mean, that Trump actually thinks this way. Think of all the attention that's going to happen and all the attention that'll move away from DeSantis or anybody else as these indictments come down. Well, that's kind of the crazy part. And again, we'll get to DeSantis in a little bit. But I mean, the the details that are coming out, and, and by the way, as we're recording this, uh, Trump is just posting and posting. He's posting through it today. He is like all caps, ranting, usual stuff. But the one I, I kind of wanted to hit, because this was just fascinating to me. Uh, one of the things he said was he called Alvin Bragg, who the DA in lower Manhattan, uh, who, by the way, is African-American, called him, quote, a Soros-backed animal, which it's almost like that fills up the entire bingo card of everything Trump could do, right? It's super racist, incredibly anti-Semitic, and gets to that whole, like, grievance base. They're just, this guy's coming after me kind of mentality he really, really wants. Yeah, well, it's the white supremacist card. You know, it's the anti-Semitic, incredibly, as you said, incredibly racist card that triggers his, his base to rally around him. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there who think that of the six investigations that are going on, this is the least important one that Alvin Bragg's bringing. But as Alvin Bragg and so many others have pointed out, no one's above the law. And if Trump broke it, he should face the consequences and be held accountable. You've got the Mar-a-Lago classified documents investigation, you know, led by special counsel Jack Smith. You got criminal wrongdoing in terms of January 6th assault on the Capitol. You've got the election fraud in the state of Georgia, punch various, you know, whole kind of investigations into his business behavior, you know, that are in front of 
Latita James, the attorney general, and again, Alvin Bragg, and along with the hush money. And Truth Social. Never forget that one. Yeah, you're right. The securities fraud investigation into Truth Social uh, merger with DWAC. I mean, it's that the SEC is conducting. So, and frankly, they're all going to come. I don't think any one of these is going to miss. And you could all get into, you know, hey, what order would be better? And is it really better, you know, to lead with the, the Stormy Daniels hush money thing? Is the whole, hey, this one should come first or kind of argument that, I mean, a lot of people on our side of the aisle, Joe, are having very publicly. I mean, is that hurting things right now? Like, should we even having that argument? First of all, I don't think the, the argument matters. All these uh, prosecutors are going to bring the cases when they're ready and when they think they can, uh, they have the evidence to win. The one thing I think is like crazy, I hate the way the media covers the Stormy Daniels hush money thing, because every Republican I see on the air talks about why did it take so long? Why did it take so long for, for them to bring these charges? Well, of course, these were the same people that said dur- during the Trump presidency, you can't charge sitting president of the United States. You have to wait till he's out of office. Basically, the Justice Department acceded and said that you can't charge a sitting president or basically set that, you know, confirm that precedent. And now they're complaining, why did this take so long? I mean, the whole thing is such incredible, you, you know, like sycophatic bullshit. Of course, we come to, we've come to expect it from this crowd. But in terms of order... No one has a say. I don't believe for a second that Garland is calling Bragg and saying, hey, when are you dropping yours? Could you wait for us? You know, that's not happening. Wait, so it's not George Soros calling everyone and coordinating this? No, I've tried. I've tried to do it, but I can't, I can't get anybody on the phone. So no, I, it's not happening. That's bullshit. Of course, it's, it's foggy, bottom, QAnon, you know, conspiracy uh, so a lot of people will run with that, but that's it's it's bullshit. Even talking about it like this, it's almost like we're kind of falling into that same trap. Like, should they be? Because he, I think the point that I really want us to get to is he really wants all these to be equivalent. Like he wants everyone to think that they're all the same and it's all part of a bigger witch hunt and don't pay no attention to the details behind the curtain here. There's one way out for him. That's to win the presidency. And can you win the presidency under indictment? Hell yeah, if enough people vote for you. And by the way, if a whole bunch of enough people vote for you, you're back in the can't throw a sitting president in jail thing. His best chance at beating the rap isn't the facts in each one of these cases. It's that the whole thing is a it you know is a conspiracy to crush the maga movement and him don't buy into it make sure you get out there make sure by the way you demonstrate you protest uh calls for you know essential violence again but it's all the same playbook and it's the only playbook Donald Trump knows and frankly maybe the only playbook it is the only playbook he has, other than to like, you know, turn himself in and get a plea deal, but he's not going to do that. Joe, we've talked about the Trump response, which honestly, pretty predictable. He's he's always been a pretty good tactician on stuff like this. He's playing it just how he thinks will come out. Like you said, he he knows his path is to win the presidency, but the people around him, specifically the rest of the GOP, their response has also been fairly predictable. But wanted wanted to get into kind of how, what the reaction in the people around him, who, by the way, are going to suffer a lot more electorally than he will. His lawyer on CNN pretty much signaled it all. Uh, if he's indicted, it, quote, 
You'll mean all-out war. That's the Trump line, right? Make sure you're all out there protesting. Yeah, peacefully, I'm sure. But then to see the GOP all, if they come for Trump, they can come for you. If you do all the illegal stuff that Trump's done, you too could end in the slammer. Um, and we still have to see whether he does. And then Lindsey Graham, you know, with his, it, it, we can always count on, on Lindsey, right? You know, it's going to blow up our country. I think, first of all, Donald Trump's already given that a go and, and did a pretty good job. But, but secondly, no one's above the law and the president should be held accountable. But what's going to blow up the country is Lindsey Graham saying it's going to blow up the country and his lawyers saying it's going to be all out war and Donald Trump calling on people to take their country back if he's indicted. As I've said on the last couple of episodes, I think there's a lot of dangers here. I don't think he's going to lose the nomination if he's indicted, for sure. That's dangerous enough that he'll be the nominee of the, of the MAGA-controlled Republican Party. But the, the bigger thing here is that sooner or later, either indicted or failing that, losing the 2024 election, if we thought there was that January 6th violence uh, was the last we'll see, which I don't think many of us did believe that, it's going to be far worse. Well, you, you saw threats against law enforcement this week are already way up. And against public officials and, and the prosecutors and uh, all those folks, depending on you know where these protests uh, occur. The problem here is that there's no one in the G GOP who's going to tamp down their rhetoric. In fact, that rhetoric's going to get darker, meaner, and I've said this before, uglier, and more insightful of violence. And that it doesn't take that, that it, even though it may be a small group that follows, as we saw on January 6th, you know, it wasn't millions of people out there uh, storming the Capitol, but it just, it's going to be more than that. And it's going to be far worse, I think. Here's the latest one from Trump. This one's fun. And it's in all caps, makes it kind of hard to read. But why won't Bragg drop this case? Everyone says there's no crime here. It did nothing wrong. Made up by a convicted nutjob with zero credibility, blah, blah, blah. Again, Soros-backed animal. This is no legal system. This is a Gestapo. This is Russia and China, but worse. And then, of course, his trademark, disgraceful. But he loves Russia. Right. That was That's what confused me as I read it. I was like, wait a minute. Mixed messages here, right? He likes Xi, too, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he was a big Xi and Putin fan. He said China and Russia know what the hell they're doing. He praised Putin. Yeah. Yeah. He just recently said that, that Putin's not the problem we are. He's all over the place, but the one consistency here is the kind of like almost begging for it while denying, you know, calling yeah. it off. Please right? don't he, do this to wants, me. Yeah. 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 Please don't. The one he wants more than any of them is probably this one, right? Yep. Because that lets him cloud them all up. You know, look, they're, they're talking to me about some consenting adults, whatever he's going to do. This is the one where I think it's easier for him to claim that it's politics, even though that's crazy. It got brought now because it couldn't be brought during his presidency. Otherwise, right then and there, right after the election, when it was clear what he had done, there would have been a case. Maybe he would have won it, but there's a reason this case is being fought now. And as far as Michael Cohen goes, look, I think there's receipts. If you're going to indict him in this one, you do it only if you have it dead to rights. I mean, where you literally can prove 
with paper, with documents, with the emails, et cetera, and the testimony, you know you're going to win it. And I think if Bragg brings it, that's what he'll view this case as. I don't think there's any way this case gets brought if it's kind of you know, questionable. It's all on one guy's say. It isn't. It, there's no way it'll be brought that way. And if it is, the grand jury, I don't think, will indict. If there is an indictment and Bragg brings it, then I think all this flailing by by Trump will turn into, as it already is, you know, the the Soros machinery um, uh, puppeteering six, seven different prosecution teams to come after me out of revenge. When, of course, he's everybody's retribution. So anyway, I just think it's going to be I, I look for for these indictments to come down. I don't know what order and from which prosecutions, but. I don't believe there's, you know, any of Trump's rhetoric is holding him back. In fact, I think that's what Trump wants. Joe, let's let's go to the one guy I don't, I really don't feel sorry. Actually, no, wait a minute. I do feel sorry for him now. Let's go to the one guy I really feel sorry for in all this, which is Ron DeSantis, right? You look at how Matt Gates has turned on Why him. Why the hell do you feel sorry for Ron DeSantis? Because he's, he's done. You're starting to worry. He's me. totally I, done. I mean, seriously. You saw what Matt Gates said. Uh, if I were governor of Florida, I would not allow any Floridian to be hauled before a Soros-based prosecutor in a blue city over politics. Ron DeSantis should be standing in the bre- – I mean, just like everyone's going – the knives are out. Yeah. He's cratering. I mean, Joe, my point is this. He's cooked, right? I mean, this all of this is only really cementing Trump's status. Trump's status is cemented. It's not going to be changed by anybody, least of all. DeSantis, I mean, you, you know, it's like – He's not going to have to deal with this. I mean, Trump wants the the cuffs and all that stuff. He's not going to have to get the, the you know the governor to to stop his extradition to New York or whatever the hell the, the play there is. And by the way, it, okay, that argument from Matt, you know, is like is like okay, I don't know that that'll work on all these other things. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Ron DeSantis will stand up in the breach and say, no, I'm not sending you Donald Trump. Why can't he do that? Good point. You never no, know. No, I mean, why can't he? I mean, remember we got the question, what about if DeSantis agrees to pardon Trump if he's president then you know, so Trump doesn't run? There's no way Trump thinks any of this is going to get him. He knows he's going to be back in that White House. He knows that, that um, there's no way DeSantis can get him. He knows, by the way, that he's avoided all the other legal crap that's ever come down the pike. He's going to be able to, to delay and, and push all this stuff back. And he knows that the best way to do it is to become president again and push everything off. None of this is threatening to Donald Trump. None of it. Right. As much as they go, oh, man, he must be really worried about all these indictments. No. No. He's going to raise a ton of money. He's going to rip off a lot of people and make a lot more money. He's going to, 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 literally, you know, um, y- you know, basically burn the party down. Um, even if I mean anything he needs to do to be the nominee, the whole MAGA Trump DeSantis thing is now authoritarian, basically trying to take the country down a the the you know doomsday drain. And and he's gladly gonna do that and take include take the whole country down if um that's what he needs to do to avoid prosecution and to emerge victorious. 
And he believes he will emerge victorious. That's the problem here. Where everybody goes, I don't know, like a normal person would be cowering. They're about to be indicted on six different fronts, all bad. And some of them are like, you know, really long sentences and, and really big problems. Donald Trump, like, give me a break. He'll, he'll just feed another lawyer into the, into the disbarment train. You know, I mean, it, it won't matter. He'll, 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 how many of them are still being able right. to practice? You know, I mean, he, he doesn't care about any of that crap. A good sign is, you know, despite getting his wrists ready for the handcuffs, he still took a lot of time this week to, to really kind of, as you mentioned at the top, uh, hit DeSantis a little more than I think he, we've all seen him done in the, in the past called him Rob DeSantis, which is probably my favorite thing in the week. But I mean, he really went in on him in a way that you hadn't really seen just attacking how bad things are in Florida right now. He can bring a lot of attention to, to what a lot of us have thought of the downsides of Ron DeSantis's reign in Florida and what his policies have done to the state. And now those attacks aren't coming from Joe Trippi or the, you know, the Lincoln Project. They're coming from Trump. They're coming from <laughs> Donald Trump. And so I think that's the that's the whole game here. In the end, um, DeSantis, I think, does not um, survive any of this in a way that's going to be helpful to uh, DeSantis's career. In fact, I still think there's a decent chance DeSantis won't make the race eventually. Uh, our friend Ron Brownstein, who we should really have back on the pod soon, but in his latest CNN post, I think he he wrote, quote, no matter how many donors, conservative leaders, or GOP strategists wish otherwise, the House GOP has emphatically demonstrated they still believe it's Trump's party. And I do think, I know we've been talking to DeSantis, I want to pivot just a little bit to what could happen here and just kind of an interesting theory that I think Greg Sargent put out. Again, we should have him back too, but it's getting really likely that all the Republicans that have been saying things like Alvin Bragg has to testify under oath, every Stefanik's been saying it, all the, the Jim Jordans, et cetera, they're all really pushing for it. He's probably not going to do it, which ultimately is going to put House Republicans in the position of having to vote on whether or not to refer Alvin Bragg to the DOJ. So, which strikes me, and I think a lot of people today are talking about is somewhat, it's almost like putting them on the record for Trump one more time that might hurt them next year. Joe, I mean, do you think that could be something Democrats could use next year if they have to vote, yes, send Alvin Bragg to the DOJ? I think it's like anything, it'll all be, you know, kabuki entertainment politics that'll get a lot of attention. It'll put them all on record again that they are Trump's party. And I look, I think this this gets down to what Charles Cook wrote about in the National Review that you know, this is Trump or conservatism, pick one. Well, the party, it's not conservative. It's, that's been the mistake. It's not right left anymore. This is this is, you know, authoritarian white supremacist. It's tilting more and more to not be the conservative party but the Trump dictatorial, destroy the other in support of, you know, white Christian nationalism or whatever, you know, uh, but but definitely white supremacy. You know, that's what these choices, and, and as Cook pointed out, and I'm quoting you here, given a choice between advancing his own interests and burning down the entire American conservative movement, Trump would light a match. Well, he, 
He's been, I mean, first of all, I, Cook's right. He's been pouring gasoline all over the place for, you know, four years and, and lighting up different institutions and, and burning them down, getting the, their foundations to crack. Uh, he's been doing that. He's still doing this now with the intelligence community, defense, uh, the whole thing with, you know, in terms of the arguments about Putin and, and, and Ukraine. He's still out there tearing down the American conservative movement. It, it's torn down. It doesn't exist anymore. This isn't a conservative movement. It's a white supremacy movement. And he's the leader, and there's plenty of others who've learned from him, like DeSantis, how to speak to those voters, how to rally them, and to unify them as a movement. And the problem, I think, is to, they, they, they are now getting more extreme in their rhetoric, more angry, more mean-spirited. The hatred that they are trying to energize and ignite is, is being seen by a few more Americans each week or each month to be so extreme that they're actually getting it now, that there's, they're starting to... It not. Not what I'm saying is I, I've always thought that there was a reluctance by most Americans to see anything other than there's two parties and they fight all the time, but they're they're both American pro-democracy parties because they have been for you know 250 years. It would take more Americans coming to the obvious, what I thought was an obvious conclusion, what many of us thought was an obvious conclusion at the start, that that's not the case anymore that there's a party that is not that's anti-democratic a haven for white supremacists and with its main force being attack the other whoever the other is into manufacturing others to attack and that's where this party it, under trump and now desantis is going and you see nikki haley and scott sort of following over to the dark side with their dark rhetoric recently and i think that's in the end what will make the Bannon line grow. But also, I don't think the indictments of Trump in the end are going to be hurtful to that movement. In fact, it kind of confirms that why we all have to come together and stop this conspiracy of Soros. And I mean, in other words, it just builds right in to the narrative that he's been out there selling ever since it was, you know, Obama's birth certificate, right? Joe, we're, we're already running long. Um, We'll talk more about this next week, but I do want to just spotlight really fast. Uh, we're recording this on a usual Thursday. You'll hear this on a Friday, which means we're 11 days away from a really, really important Supreme Court race in Wisconsin. Um, many of you have already stepped up and helped, um, especially through the primary. Um, this will decide the balance of the Supreme Court. And again, we'll go, we'll go long on it next week and hopefully bring on a special guest or two to talk about it. But right now, uh, please go. Right now, you can go to uh, two places I want to direct you to. Uh, one, wisdems.org to go find how the uh, Wisconsin Democrats are helping uh, Janet Protasewicz. Um, long name, but she's really great. Um, her opponent, Kelly, is just going to take Wisconsin way, way, way back on a lot of things. So check them out. And then also go to jointheunion.us. Um, a bunch of the top actions right now are what you can go do in Wisconsin, including helping people like Souls to the Polls, great, great other groups like the Wisconsin Dems. But um, that race, uh, I'm sure a lot of you are starting to see some stuff bubble up on it. Uh, people are saying it's it's the most important race of the year. Uh, hard to see uh, an argument with that. But Joe, we'll get to that next week because that, that's just about all the time we have. Yeah, everybody's saying, and the polls are showing this is going to be uh, neck and neck. So 
Anything people can do, we'll put in the show notes where you can check out where you can help. Obviously, jointheunion.us is one of those places, but we'll put the others in there too. And we'll talk more about this on next week's show. Thanks, everybody, for listening to that trippy show. Make sure to go to jointheunion.us and see how you can help in Wisconsin right now. A reminder that this podcast will always be free and is now part of ResoluteSquare.com, a new force in the fight against the right-wing outrage machine. Check out the latest at ResoluteSquare.com slash trippy. Please subscribe to that trippy show. Ask your friends to. And leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. That helps people find our show. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes. See you next week. Thanks, Alex. Progressive presents Precious Moments. Nothing beats driving cross-country in our RV. This is so much fun, Dad. I don't even need to look at my phone. It's not the destination. It's it's the the journey. Jinx! (laughs) The exchange you just heard didn't actually happen, but it could. Bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive, and you could use the savings to make sure that RV is always ready to hit the road. Who knows? Your teenager might actually put down her phone for five minutes. It could happen. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers.